Oh, I love our church. We're on the front end right now. We film on Tuesdays. We're on the front end of the, the snowstorm in here. People are ready to come and open up our Bibles together. And um, it was it was fun. Uh, well, not fun for Jason, but he was he got sick, and uh, it was fun watching the team just rally. And Christy, thank you for jumping in. Jaden um, walks in just to attend the service, and we basically take Sam's guitar and hand it to him and say, "Hey, can you can you play?" And he, of course he jumps in. So. I, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. Well, with all this snow coming, it makes a lot of us look forward to spring break. And I know a whole lot of people are, are planning to, to plan a getaway. But let's say uh, more than just a short getaway, let's say you've got an epic vacation coming up to a destination, a destination like Europe or the Caribbean, or maybe it's an African safari, or you're going to explore not just one, but all of the Hawaiian Islands. Or let's say you're going to go on a tour, America's best stadiums, ballparks, or golf courses, or a whole month at Orlando theme parks, just soaking them all in. Or maybe it's this, maybe it's a deep dive into everything that New York City's got to offer, the shows, the 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 sites, the shopping. And let's say this too, let's say that it's more than just you've got this great destination that you're planning to go to. Let's say that you've planned a road trip so that you're going to make the most of the journey. So let's say your journey is going to take you through Kansas City and get some great barbecue. Let's say your journey is going to take you through Nashville and you're going to get some great music. Let's say it's going to take you through Estes where you get to see the mountains or along the California coast, the ocean. And let's say you planned a trip like that and then you get stuck. Or even worse, you find yourself, instead of heading towards where you want to go, you're going the wrong direction. I had something like that happen once. I told the story, it was I think probably 10 years ago. I'll never forget the year our guys and girls cross-country teams, when I was at Bethel, decided we were going to go to, uh, one of the girls had a cabin up in Upper Peninsula, Michigan. And it was big enough to hold our whole team. And so the girls were going to have the, f- the first floor, the guys were going to have the loft, and we planned this great weekend. We're going to have a weekend filled with morning training runs and some snow football in the afternoon. There's going to be good food. We're going to play some cards, hang out. A couple of us brought our guitars. We're going to do some worship songs at night. The only thing that we didn't do was to lock in our plans of how do you get there. That's one thing we didn't do. Our entire plan of getting from Bethel to Upper Peninsula, Michigan, was to follow Murray. That was our plan, follow Murray. It was the only thing. Okay, there was one more thing. One more thing. The only other thing we had was we knew we were going to pick up some guy named Bart in Peshtigal. So that's that's what we knew. So the day came to depart for our destination somewhere in Upper Peninsula, Michigan, by way of Peshtigal, Wisconsin. And our caravan pulled out. We pulled out a Bethel University parking lot with Murray as our guide. And as soon as Murray hit 694, he took off. Just took off. Off. So we got this whole caravan and Murray is flying. Well, when we hit speeds of about 80, I realized we got to do something here because the caravan's falling apart. Well, me and my co-captain, Mark, we had strategically positioned ourselves in the middle of the caravan. And we did that in case something happened. Well, something was happening. So Mark and I, we, we pull out, we floor it, we try to catch up to Murray. We pull up alongside Murray, we get him to slow down enough for the caravan to catch up. But you guys know what happens when 694 hits 35E? So he keeps going west, and now Mark and I are going south. 
And remember our plan B? Oh, wait, we didn't have a plan B. Plan A, B, C, D, and E, and F were follow Murray. Follow Murray. Now, we also knew that whole thing about Bart, picking up Bart and Peshtigo. Did any of us know Bart's last name? No. Had any of us been to Peshtigo? No. Did any of us even know what year Bart graduated? No. But at least we had this going for us. We thought, how big could Peshtigo, Wisconsin be? So we'll just drive to Peshtigo and we'll drive around until we find Bart. That was our plan. So we had a new plan. We pulled out a map. We plotted our our course to Peshtigo and off we went. And we were making great time. Or so we thought. After a quick stop in Wausau, we hopped back on the highway and the mile markers were flying by. We're thinking, this is great. This is great. We're going to catch up. Something just didn't feel right. Something felt a little off. You ever had that sense that something isn't quite right? So I asked my co-pilot to take out the map, pulled out the map, and just as he pulled out the map, I looked up, I saw a water tower. On the water tower, it said Plover. Plover. Oops. Some of you don't know Wisconsin. Oops. It was then that we realized for the last 40 miles on a highway, we'd been heading south instead of east. That's 80 miles in the wrong direction. If you're taking notes, I got a little piece of hard-earned wisdom for you, and it goes like this. You won't arrive at the right destination if you're traveling the wrong direction. You will not arrive at the right destination if you're traveling the wrong direction. When we left Bethel College for Brenda's cabins, cabin, we had great intentions. Great intentions. What we didn't have much of a plan. That's what we didn't have. Well, this new teaching series that begins today, it's designed to help all of us, to help all of us not only arrive at the intended destination, but to make the most of the journey on the way there. We're calling this series After Yes. After Yes. And it picks up where the last series left off. The last series, the one that we just wrapped up, is called Why Jesus? And in that series, we saw that Jesus of Nazareth impacted our world like a meteorite. In our last series, we spent time discussing the ancient testimonies about his life and his teachings, the ones that you find in the Bible, and how they appear to be accurate. And in those testimonies, Jesus claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life. And then he went on to validate those claims through miraculous signs and wonders And the most carefully vetted accounts, the ones coming out of the first century themselves, invite us to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. Well, this is a series about what do you do once you've said yes? What comes next? You receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, now what? Here's why we felt the need to offer this series. And there's a place to write this down too. Most of us have a sense that there's more than we're settling for. If you're at the high school retreat, that probably sounds familiar. Pastor Dan talked about that at camp. Most people identify Christian. We, we live with a sense that there's more to the Christian life that we're, than what we're experiencing. And if we go with that whole road trip analogy that we're using here, those who are just getting started in this Christian walk might be thinking, okay, now what? Now what? There are those 
to use this analogy, they feel like they're stuck. I'm stuck. I don't feel like I'm getting any further. There are those who make, who feel like I'm just in one of those big roundabouts. My Christian life is just, it seems like I'm not, I'm moving, but I'm not getting anywhere. There are those who are like, okay, my car is loaded up with friends, but it feels like it should be more than that. It feels like Christianity should be more than just a community of people. And then there's others that feel like maybe I'm making some progress, but it feels alone. It feels like I'm alone in this. There are those who have loved ones who are like, okay, I'm on this trip. I want, how, how do I invite them to come too? How, how do I do that? And I'm not sure how. And then there's those who realize it's been an awful long time since I've helped anyone outside my window. And then there's a whole lot of folks who are honest enough to admit, I think I might be heading in the wrong direction. If you're not sure what your next steps are, or if you're sensing there's more, or if you want help when it comes to effectively reaching out to a lost and hurting world in Jesus' name, this is a series for you. This is a series about what comes after yes. And if you're not a Christian, you can benefit from this series too. Because we're going to do our best in this series to describe authentic Christianity. Not the variant versions, not the caricature versions that we see all over the place. But what does authentic Christianity look like? What a great season for us to do these things and explore these things. We're currently in a season called Lent. A season when millions of believers all around the globe hit pause on their normal way of practicing faith and ask questions like, is this actually working? Am I actually becoming more like Jesus? So here's an invitation we'd like to extend to everyone this Lent. This Lent, let's recalibrate our compass and let's adjust our headings. Here's a roadmap of where we're going over the next seven weeks. Next week, we're going to reintroduce a tool, a tool that we've been developing. It's a tool that identifies six essential characteristics of authentic Christian faith. And it can help you assess where you're at on the journey and what your next steps could look like. We're going to begin with how we develop a deeper, more meaningful walk with God. And then in week three, we're going to talk about developing richer relationships with others. In week four, we'll focus on how we become more joyful stewards of everything that God's entrusted us with. In week five, we're going to offer some coaching. Some coaching on how do you effectively reach out to those who are lost and hurting in a distinctive Christian way. In week six, we're going to talk about how do you move from a consumer of religious goods and services to someone who's contributing to building something really special. And then we're going to have a surprise or two when we get to Holy Week and Easter. Imagine if, imagine if by Easter you could have a vision for authentic faith that is as clear as a spot on a map that you're heading to. What if you could also have some specific milestones that could help you say, yes, I'm heading the right direction instead of the plover. Well, if that's something you like help with or your loved ones could use some help with. That's what we're going to be pressing into this Lent. Let's get started. I can't think of a better place to start than here. If you got your Bible with you, let's open up to Acts chapter 2, verse 37. If you don't have a Bible at home, we'd invite you to go right now. Go to Bible.com. They've got a great free Bible app that you can download. All right, the reason we're saying turn here is because of the context. In this passage, people have just said yes. 
They've just said yes to receiving Christ as Savior and Lord. And a disciple named of Jesus named Peter, he had just shared the gospel. He just shared the good news. Those who heard it wanted to respond. And here's how it goes. Let's start with verse 37. Uh, uh, it says this. Now, when they heard this, what Peter had just said, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? We want to say yes. Now, what comes next? They were, quote, cut to the heart, the Bible says. In Scripture, the heart is more than the center of our emotions. The heart in the Bible is where your mind, your feelings, your will, your desires, where all that intersects. They were ready to say yes at a deep level. So let's learn from this moment. If you're taking notes, I bet you write this down. When you say yes, what comes next? Let's find out. Peter's about to list three things. He's about to list three things that come next. And for the record, for the record, these things are not always sequential steps. I want to highlight that. I want to underscore that. I want to emphasize that. These things are not always three sequential steps. The reason I feel the need to highlight that is there's a lot of teaching out there that says they go in this order. In the Bible itself, they don't always go in this order. We'll say more about that in a little bit. So here are three important things that may or may not come in this order. They are foundational. They are foundational, all three of them, to experiencing that more that we talked about earlier. All right, here's the three, verses 38 through 39. Peter said to them, after they said, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the power, or receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. All right, here's what it says. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And who's the promise for? The promise is for you, the promise is for your children, and all who the Lord calls to himself. If you've said yes, I would put these three things in the category of before you even pull out of the driveway, let's get this taken care of. This is first things first. All right, let's start with repentance. Repentance. When you say yes, what comes next? Repent. And then I put in parentheses moment by moment. To repent is to turn. To repent is to turn away from the things your creator says no to and turn towards the things that he says yes to. Now, sometimes repentance is a complete U-turn. You were heading towards Plover. You got to turn around and head the other way. Most of the time, in fact, I would say the preferred method is like when you're driving a car. It's constant little adjustments. I'm off just a little bit, constant little adjustments. That's by far the preferred method when it comes to repentance. If you'd like a deeper dive into this topic, I want to encourage you to go back. We did a message on this not too long ago. December 18th of last year, we did a message about that was called Peace Even After, which does a little bit of a deeper dive into repentance. Lent, Lent is a great season to reflect on your walk. Does your life reflect a commitment to saying yes to the things God says yes to and no to the things that God says no to? That's the essence of repentance. All right, Peter said, repent, and what else did he say? Be baptized. Repent and be baptized. That's the next bullet. Be baptized. And in parentheses, I put, 
or confirm the faith that you were baptized into. There's a lot of debate around baptism, a lot of debate about how old a person should be before they're baptized, how much training they should receive, how much water they should use, who's qualified to be the baptizer, all that and more. There's also a lot of debate as to whether baptism is an outward expression of an inward conversion or if baptism is that and more. The reason that there's so much debate is that there's a whole lot the Bible doesn't say when it comes to baptism. At Emmanuel, our belief, our, for our standard, I should say, for belief and behavior, it's the Bible. It's, it's Scripture. And one of the things that we unite around here at this church when it comes to baptism is that baptism is linked says, to some pretty remarkable things. Here's a sampling. And for those of you watching at home, you can take a screenshot of this, look up these Scripture verses, take a look at some of the things that baptism Water baptism is linked to. In the Bible, water baptism is connected to God's covenant promises with the inward cleansing washing way of sin, with union in Christ, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and with becoming part of the church. It's a lot of important things. I'm thankful that my own faith journey has led me to serve and partner closely with so many different denominations and streams Covenant, Lutheran, Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, Independent, Mainline, Charismatic. One of the things I notice is that every denomination has a focal point or something they add to what I'm going to call the baptism diamond. They focus on one of the many facets of it. Now, most of the people that I've personally partnered with, they've landed at a place where they definitely would say, okay, baptism is not some magic ritual that confers automatically salvation. I really don't know many people that would say that. But most would also say, you look at that list, you read that, those scriptures, it appears there's something more going on here than only symbolism. Baptism appears to function as a sign and a seal that a person is a recipient of grace. And they've been received into a distinctly Christian community. It's a public witness that a life has been entrusted to God's care. One of the areas where there's the most division when it comes to baptism is what does the Bible mean in that part? This promise is for you and your children. What does that mean? There's at least two places in the book of Acts where households are baptized. What it doesn't say in those passages is how old people in those households were. Here's what I do know, though, that every church I've personally worked with or partnered closely with has this. They all have some ritual that's a bring-your-kid-to-Jesus ritual. And they also all have some ritual that is a, hey, now this is my faith, and I want to tell the world ritual. They both have that. They both have that. One of the things we did a while back, in fact, so far back that I still had the pandemic hair, we've got these videos on our website. Um, I could, If you want, you can go to manage.church slash next day. Where are those videos? If you can't find them, we'll point you there. Just promise not to laugh at the pandemic here, okay? Um, we did. We, we have some videos there. Um, and in those videos, we've got one that talks about the biblical case for an infant baptism, followed by a later confirmation of faith. We have another one that has about dedication, the biblical case for dedication, and a later baptism. baptism. If you were baptized when you were younger, but you've never publicly confirmed your faith or proclaimed your faith, I want to invite you to come back next week. 
because we are going to talk specifically about a new initiative. If you missed it last week that we're rolling out about I said yes, marking that milestone. I'm really excited for that. All right, let's keep moving on. Peter told the people who were asking what comes next. He said, repent, be baptized, and you will receive the the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. That's our next bullet. Receive the Holy Spirit, in parentheses, ask for the gift, follow his lead. It is hard to overstate the importance of the Holy Spirit. I don't know really if you can in the life of a believer. The Holy Spirit fuels our mission and provides both the desire and ability to become the people God created us to be. The Spirit helps us, guides us, gifts us, and transforms us. I made a note. We've, we've talked about the Holy Spirit a whole lot. We've done some individual messages on the Holy Spirit. I made a note. It'll be good for us to do a series on the Holy Spirit. Um, but what I would say right now, if you want to do a deeper dive, there's two books that I'd recommend, and I'd recommend you read them in combination with one another. This book, Rediscovering the Holy Spirit by Michael Horton, this one does an exceptional job of laying out a theological framework where he starts in Genesis and goes to Revelation and shows the Holy Spirit at work all the way through the Bible. This one, what I like about this one, Empowered Evangelicals, Rich Nathan, Ken Wilson, is that they talk about the actual difference the Holy Spirit makes in our lives today and what that can look like if it's anchored to Scripture. Two outstanding resources that I would highly recommend. There's a lot of division. Surprise, surprise, surprise around the Holy Spirit as well. Holy Spirit. Exactly how and when does a person receive the Holy Spirit? At Emmanuel, like I said earlier, we do our best to stick to Scripture. In one place, Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus says, the Father loves to give good gifts. He's going to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So here's the question. Have you ever asked to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If so, and you're wondering more, want to have questions about that, you'd like to have someone come alongside you, reach out to us, man.church/next. We'd be, be glad to help. All right, Peter said, repent, be baptized, and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you downloaded these, um, these notes that we had on the website, you'll notice that I put these three things with bullets instead of numbers. That's because, like I said earlier, these three things don't always happen in this order. We've got a very small sample size here in the book of Acts. And in that small sample size, we find that they don't always happen in one particular order. And sometimes not all three of the things even happen in the same instance, at least not explicitly in those scriptures. But there is this recurring theme, reoccurring theme throughout the whole New Testament. If you said yes, you want to get off to a good start, Repent, be baptized, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. These promises are for you, they're for your children, they're for all who the Lord would call to himself. So specifically, because these are for you and your children, if you'd like to learn more about some of the things we offer for your kids, your teens, let us know. Manual.church/snacks, um, or just go to our website and take a look. Repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. These aren't add-ons. These aren't add-ons. These are the spiritual equivalent of trusting the map. And if we follow the right map, 
we're a lot less likely to find ourselves heading to Plover. And two, and two, you're going to discover you're not alone in this. You're not alone in this journey. And that brings me back to where we paused with the story that we opened with. Back to the story. We've been heading almost directly south at a very rapid rate. We're heading south. We should have been heading east. So what did we do? We pulled out a map. We recalibrated our compass. And we adjusted our heading. We plotted the most direct route to Peshtigo, which ended up being a shortcut on all these back roads. And soon we're hitting the anticipated milestones. Iola, Big Falls, Clintonville. Any sound familiar to you guys? Heard of some of those cities? Towns. Every one of those was a milestone, saying we're getting closer and closer and closer. But there was still a huge problem, huge problem. As I mentioned earlier, all we had to go on was there was some guy in a town named Peshtigo, which we assumed was going to be this little tiny town. We would just drive around. We'd see the one driveway that had all the cars in it. We'd pull in, knock on the door. That was our plan. That was our plan. So we get to Peshtigo and we're like, oh no. Peshtigo is bigger than we thought. This is not going to work. So we pull into a gas station. I walk in. Does anyone know a guy named Bart? That's my new strategy, my new plan A. And after a whole lot of people looking at me very strangely, um, I had one person was the, the cashier who said, Bart, that sounds familiar. Do you know his last name? No. Do you know when he graduated? No. But keep going. So I'm in there talking to this, this cashier, and all of a sudden you hear the car honk, honk their horn. And I'm kind of like, hey, no, 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 I'm onto something. <laughs> but I turn around, and there was our team. There is our team. We did our best to follow the map. And we experienced some grace along the way. And here's something that I can say to you from experience. If you trust the way of Jesus, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. It will be hard. There will be twists and turns. There will be times where you can't see the road ahead. But I promise you this, you won't be alone. You won't be alone. There will be grace along the way. Don't wait to get started. Don't wait to get started. Because you don't want to discover that along the way, as you are going your own way, you are missing out on the real good stuff. You are settling for those old hot dogs at a, at a gas station instead of the barbecue you know, at Kansas City. You are settling for Plover's AM local radio station instead of the music at Nashville. There is so much on this journey, on this way of Jesus, that you don't want to miss. Like the retreats. I heard so many great things from the women's retreat. I heard so many great things about the men's retreat. And I can personally testify to some pretty great things at this last snow camp, these last snow camps that we just got back from. Don't miss out on the journey. Start your journey today. Repent, be baptized, ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you said yes, and you sense that there's more, I want to invite you to take those steps of faith. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you don't give up on us. Thank you that your Holy Spirit, even before we ask, 
is at work in our lives, calling out to us, drawing us to you. And Lord, I pray that people would say yes today. They would say yes to your Holy Spirit. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart, it says in the word. We pray that that would be true for us, that we would turn to you, that if we haven't been baptized, we would do so. If we've never publicly confirmed our faith, we do so. And we continually ask for your Holy Spirit to come fresh and fill us and guide us each and every day. Lord, as we head into this, this season of Lent, we pray that it would be a season where we come at, to the end of it more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen.